The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. I'm joined now in studio by Israel's ambassador to Ireland, Dana Ehrlich. Good morning, ambassador, and welcome. Good morning. Uh, so many things happening so quickly at the moment in terms of the war between Israel and Hamas in Gaza. But in the Security Council, there was a motion tabled by Algeria and vetoed once again by the United States. Now, what's re- your reaction to that? I'm sure your prime minister is delighted. Well, we are not delighted by the whole situation. Again, this is a war that was forced on us and we want to see it end as quickly as possible. But calling for a ceasefire is not understanding how Hamas will benefit from it. And this is what we have been saying. We had a ceasefire before October 7th. We also had an agreed ceasefire that was broken by Hamas in December 1st. So calling just for a ceasefire without the release of the kidnapped and without making sure that the threat of Hamas is eliminated will just be abused by Hamas to rearm. But was it not a motion that called also for the release of hostages, that the Algerian motion? It didn't include all of that and it didn't specify the timing of the things. So in a sense, it was giving Hamas a free pass to continue arming and continue rebuilding their threat, uh, not just against Israel, but uh, abusing their own population. Now, uh, the situation in Gaza is deteriorating. Uh, Both the World Food Programme and the WHO uh, have been talking about this. Uh, The World Food Programme have said they've got to stop because civil unrest has broken out. Such is uh, the nature of the humanitarian suffering. People are desperate and will do desperate things. Well, what we've seen is that there are about 450 trucks of humanitarian aid that are stuck on the Gazan side, and the UN is not willing to distribute that. I don't hear a lot of coverage for that here. We Why hear would they the not want to d- d- distribute it except that they feel it's not safe to do because so? Because Hamas uh, is stealing that, they're looting, there are acts of violence by Hamas. Yet we don't hear criticism about that from either UN organizations or the international community. Now, that needs to be said out loud in order to help them reach the population. But it's inevitable in in a situation like that where, uh, you know, you've Hamas operatives, wherever they're hiding, that a certain amount of attrition might have to be expected, that they will seize certain amounts of it. But they, they can't and won't be able to seize it all. They're, they're, in fact, their own people would turn on them. But again, this is a question that needs to be directed at the UN organizations on the ground. We see the stockpiles of humanitarian aid that Hamas is piling on. We see the amount of fuel that it's stealing. But we are letting loads of trucks go in every day. But if they're stuck on the Gazan side because the UN is not able to distribute that, that needs to be said. Again, we always talk about the the whole uh, proportionality of the response of Israel. I mean, uh, going in to try to find the bodies of hostages or to find hostages alive in the Nasser Hospital in Khan Yunus, uh, so many people died. For for what? Do you know the proportionality of that? The hospital is now non-functioning, no electricity in a hospital. How can Israel possibly stand over that kind of action? I think the operation at Nasser Hospital is uh, uh, an example of many things that are going on in Gaza right now. It's an example of the cynical abuse of civilian infrastructure by Hamas 
and again, by the Geneva Convention, by international law, and by the rules of war, it is not allowed to use hospital for military purposes. Yet we saw hundreds of terrorists hiding, taking shelter in the hospital, and underneath the hospital, we saw amounts of medicine that were directed at our hostages that never reached them. We saw evidence that hostages were held there, bodies were held there. All of that operation was still very, very targeted. The, uh, the hospital was still operational during that operation, and the IDF helped restore the generator, and we brought in another generator to make sure that there is electricity. But you don't hear all of that. When you hear the coverage of it, you hear a very one-sided point of view. And what I ask people when they criticize Israel is to implement that same criticism to the other side. Those questions need to be asked. But isn't it completely disproportionate? I mean, you may uh, say that uh, Hamas have so many battalions and that you've almost destroyed uh, all of them, maybe three holding out in Rafa. But still, uh, you know, you are a massive military force. And whatever resources Hamas have supplied by outsiders and maybe um, built up by their own ingenuity, the tunnels and all the rest of it, what Israel brings to the party is just so much more intense, so much more powerful, so much more disproportionate. I I will be careful with the use of term disproportionate because that is a legal term. And what we are doing is in compliance with international law and humanitarian law, with the rules of war. It is not something that we take lightly. And we apply all of uh, the power and the military strength in a very precise and calculated way. What we've seen in the Nasser Hospital was targeted against hundreds of terrorists that were there. So it is important to say that civilian casualties were minimal. But when ICU has no power, people die. Sorry? When ICU, the, 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 the intensive care unit... Has no power. People well, die. no, we, we restore the power to the generator. We help them. We brought in another generator. Yet you didn't hear any of that in the news. Obviously, Hamas are not going to say it. And we're surprised that the UN and the WHO are not mentioning it. It is important to say. And it is important to acknowledge the length to which we are going in order to make sure that there are less and less civilian casualties. The WHO has described the destruction at the Nasser Hospital as indescribable. I mean, it, it seems it, everyone's out of step except Israel. You know, the UN is out of step. Um, the World Food Programme is out of step. The World Health Organization is out of step when they make criticisms. Even, you know, a member of the British royal family, Prince William, has asked for the, the, the killing to stop. I think we all want the killing on both sides to stop. We don't want this war. This war was forced on us. It doesn't need to continue. But right now, the threat on Israel is still imminent. We still hear the the threats of Hamas leaders saying that they will repeat this. We still see their different initiative to perform more and more attacks. And we still have 134 kidnapped, held in Gaza, that we don't know okay, their whereabouts. But how many IDF have been lost in this war? Uh, too many. For How us, as well, well, again, every day we have more and more numbers of are we talking civilians. About, are we talking about 200 uh, members of the IDF dying no, in this it's conflict? more. And for us, again, I'll, I'll remind you, we're a small country like Ireland. And for us, every member of the 
The IDF is a member of our families, of our friends. We are one degree separation from everybody that has been affected by this war. Okay, but if it's in the hundreds, and it may well be, 29,000 people or more uh, have died in Gaza, Palestinians, 67,000 or more have been maimed, you know, a third of them children, they say, but crippled for life. I mean, it does seem absolutely disproportionate. I know what your war aims are and you want to eliminate Hamas. Most observers are saying all you're doing is acting as a recruiting sergeant for the son of Hamas or the the grandson of Hamas. That resistance to Israel is not going to stop. Well, we need to remember that those numbers that are given are given by a Hamas entity. The health ministry is run and led by Hamas in Gaza. We cannot really know the numbers. We also know that the Hamas terrorists, they're dressed in civilian clothes. So they count anybody as civilians, which is not correct, because according to our calculations, over 10,000 terrorists were already killed. And again, with that ratio, if you want to go into the mathematics of it, many things don't add up. 50% of the population of Gaza are men. Yet somehow in the numbers given by the Hamas-led health department, most of the casualties are women and children. That doesn't make sense mathematically. The ratio right now is the lowest ratio of casualties in civilians in, in the modern but history of do, war. Do you think that you know, there are governments which have uh, intelligence capabilities and governments w- which are critical of Israel and you're saying that they all have it wrong because they're, they're dupes for Hamas, that they believe everything Hamas says. Uh, but they're all being very critical of the nature of Israel's operation in Gaza. We are all worried for what is going on in Gaza. And we are all worried for the Palestinian population in Gaza because we see the abuse of the civilian infrastructure. And I think more and more countries, we hear them say that Hamas needs to lay down its weapon. And we hear the politicians also here in Ireland say that I, there is a understanding, a general understanding that Hamas will not be part of any future solution. Hamas is part of a problem that needs to be eliminated. Um, is your war cabinet at one with itself? Um, because we know what uh, Benjamin Netanyahu has said, that they will continue one way or the other until... Hamas is destroyed. That's his ambition. And his hand will not be stayed by the United States. I don't know how he will react when this uh, motion proposed by the US is probably going to be passed without veto in the Security Council. I don't know any democratic country where it's a war cabinet or politicians are uh, in agreement with each other. But all of the decisions are made um, in a shared cabinet in order to reach uh, very calculated and responsible decisions. None of what we're doing is taken lightly. And it's important for anyone talking about a a possible resolution by the U.S. to read the actual print and what it says. And it says that a temporary ceasefire is needed, but that kidnapped need to be returned home before that. Um, Which seems like uh, a fairly mealy-mouthed compromise because the likelihood of Hamas handing over their only ace that they have up their sleeve, which is the hostages, and then who's to say that Israel just won't destroy them utterly? 
Well, right now, what we need to do is work together with the international community, with the UN agencies on the ground, in order to make sure that there are less and less civilian casualties. We need the threat of Hamas to be eliminated. And it's not something that just Israel is saying. Our neighboring countries feel the same way. The world sees it the same way. This threat of terror needs to be eliminated in the same way that we joined forces in order to fight ISIS, to fight Al-Qaeda. This needs to be stopped the same way that the Hezbollah is threatening in the north. But do you not see that from a Palestinian point of view, you are the, the ISIS? You are the people raining death and destruction on a civilian population? No, they understand that Hamas is responsible for all of that. They see the infrastructure and money invested in those tunnels longer than the Lon- London underground. They see the amount of money and stockpiles that they are hiding in those tunnels. And they understand that they are being used as human shields in this very cynical, coward playbook by Hamas. What I don't understand, why people who are so supportive of the Palestinian population here in Ireland are not calling it out publicly. It's okay to criticize Israel, but again, you need to implement the same criticism to the other side. Why are there not any voices calling out and condemning Hamas, that condemnation is not just about the atrocities of October 7th. It needs to be beyond it, because every day since October 7th, the word on behalf of Hamas continued. Uh, the, the divisions I was talking about is, is uh, that the notion of what happens after this war ceases, and hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later, because Benny Gantz, who's a member of the War uh, Cabinet, uh, says it could take years to rebuild governance capacity inside Gaza, which cannot be Hamas and should not be Israel. We are in agreement that the Palestinians need to be able to govern themselves. But then again, we need to make sure that that threat that we've witnessed and experienced on October 7th cannot be repeated. And we need to find a solution with the help of the international community in order to make sure that we reach that. Yes, there are possible solutions in a, as you say, in a future perspective, because right now we are all, not just Israelis, but also the Gaza population, we are all defending ourselves from Hamas. Uh, the, the support of the United States has been unwavering so far, but Joe Biden has his own electoral imperatives. There's a massive Jewish lobby, of course, in, in the United States, but there's also massive criticism from within his own party of his unwavering support for what's going on in Gaza. Um, are you concerned that if the, the plug is pulled to some extent by the United States, that you will not be able to continue this war? Since this war broke out by Hamas 138 days ago, we saw this unwavering support of President Biden and his administration. I cannot speculate to what will happen, but because we've but only... is it not a straw in the wind that the UK did not support? They abstained from the motion yesterday um, rather than join the United States. That is a very States. important abstention, and we appreciate that, because that is a clear voice saying that they are not in agreement with the proposal that was presented. And what we've seen so far is the understanding. But is it not an implied criticism of of Israel, that abstention? I mean, they could have joined the United States. Uh, We don't see it that way. We see it as a very clear voice saying, and the UK government has been clear in saying that Israel has the right to defend itself. Hamas needs to be eliminated and all the kidnapped need to be returned 
without any conditions immediately. Um, some of the texts coming in, and many of them are anti-Israel. Um, the Israeli ambassador and her government just keep spinning the truth. The truth is appalling civilian death toll, horrendous injuries and destruction of homes and infrastructure. I'm also appalled by the actions Hamas of Hamas. Can we not just call for a ceasefire? In other words, stop it now. Well, if we stop it now, I'll remind people again that Hamas violated the ceasefire on December 1st. It was Hamas who fired rockets, even though we were planning on continuing the negotiations and the release of more kidnapped. But I don't see here any criticism for that here. If I look at the way that this story, this war is conveyed here in Ireland, I hear a very one-sided view portraying Israel as the only villain and not showing any responsibility of Hamas, again, not just for the attacks of October 7th, but how they're embedded in their population, how they use them as human shields, how they're still the humanitarian aid but, that but goes in. That, you see, what people find hard to accept is that knowing that Hamas is using ordinary Palestinians, women, children, men, uh, old and young, as human shields, that yet Israel will go in because the excuse is under the rules of war if they use a school, a hospital, uh, you know, an important uh, piece of infrastructure as uh, like water production or whatever, uh, as uh, human shields, that uh, knowing that and you have an excuse under the rules of war, but but it doesn't give it doesn't give a moral imprimatur to that action. All of this moral, I think it was questioned by the operations of Hamas. They're committing double war crimes, triple war crimes. We need to protect ourselves from them, but we need the international community to call them out, to condemn them, to say it, to hold them accountable. We need the UN organizations on the ground who see this firsthand to say it publicly, and we don't hear them saying that. I ask the Irish people listening right now, when you criticize Israel, just raise more questions about the actions of Hamas and think what can be done inside Gaza by the UN agencies in order to actually help the Palestinian people. When you call out in the streets of Dublin, why are you not calling out for the release of the Israeli kidnapped civilians, the babies that are there, the women that are there? We ask you to be more critical. There is uh, the the belief, perhaps, that this uh, uh, conflict beginning on October the 7th with the uh, appalling attacks by Hamas on ordinary, uh, innocent Israelis, that that actually was a massive intelligence failure by Israel. And that Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, is reacting to try and cover up the impact of that intelligence failure by mounting the most horrendous military operation against ordinary people. The investigation into the intelligence failure is conducted and it will take, uh, obviously, um, a lot of time to understand how that happened. But what we've said and what we've set out to do since the beginning was to bring back our people and to eliminate the threat of Hamas, who are repeatedly saying that they will continue killing us. And they say it in their charter. They say it in interviews. And after October 7th, we believe those threats. How long can you continue this war? Your economy is already suffering. Um, You employ did employ huge numbers of Palestinians from the the West Bank uh, 
in all sorts of jobs within the state of Israel. Uh, many of your young people, men and women, are out on the front line. Your reservists are called up. There's the possibility of a, another front in Lebanon if Hezbollah uh, persist in what they're doing, although they perhaps don't want a full-blown conflict. But how long can you continue this war? I'll remind you, we don't want this war. We don't want it to continue. It shouldn't have started in the first place. We will continue until the kidnapped are back home and until our population is safe from the threat of Hamas. And those rockets that were constantly fired, the stockpile of ammunition, and we see more and more attempts of Iran to bring more uh, ammunition into Gaza, into Lebanon, trying to destabilize the region even more. This is why we need a strong voice of the international community to call out all these acts of terror. But if I was to go to Israel today and you were to show me the damage inflicted by those rockets, because you have uh, a missile defence system, if I was to compare what damage has been inflicted on the state of Israel versus the damage that has been inflicted on Gaza, I mean, it's night and day. Well, obviously, we reject that because we will not apologise for defending our people. The reason that we... Um, I'm not asking you to dis- dismantle your air defenses, not at all. I'm just the saying Iron that the- Dome is in order to protect our civilians. Now, imagine if Hamas, instead of investing so much in that terror tunnels, would have invested in shelters, knowing that they're going to attack us, knowing that there will be uh, an answer from Israel to those attacks. So imagine if they would have invested that in their population. And again, as people who care so much for the Palestinian population in Gaza, why is nobody in Ireland raising these questions? Why isn't there any shelter for the people of Gaza? But it's perhaps what has overwhelmed the original atrocity on October the 7th has been overwhelmed by the massive punishment inflicted on ordinary people in Gaza. Well, a lot of that criticism towards Israel started, I think, already on uh, October 8th. Uh, That uh, support, unquestionable support, um, disguised as a pro-Palestinian support, but actually giving Hamas a free pass from everything that they're doing. And we heard condemnation of the October 7th atrocities. But I think people here forget that since then, it wasn't a one-day attack and that's it. Hamas has been attacking us every day since then. I don't hear anybody talking about the 1,900 mislaunched uh, and failed rockets that failed in Gaza and the destruction and the death that caused. Nobody's talking about it here in Ireland. If you want to be critical of the situation, you also need to be critical on both sides. On that note, uh, Ambassador to Ireland uh, from Israel, Dan Ehrlich, thank you very much for joining us in studio. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.